Shall we pray, Father, in the name Sweet of Jesus, Jesus, we thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for a broken and a contrite heart. We thank you for wisdom and grace to tarry in your presence. We thank you that your love has been shed abroad in, your, in our hearts. We thank you that we can call you Father and that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We thank God as always. Our mouth always full with thanksgiving. And all too soon, we ended our episode on six prayers to pray in the year 2021. And I just want to remind us that Jesus said that men always ought to pray. So as long as you are a man, you are a candidate for prayer. So the day you don't see the need for prayer, you are simply sending an SMS to God that you have transcended the realms of humanity. <laughs> I really want to encourage you, for Jesus himself, that men always ought to pray and not to faint. Because it's very easy to faint in prayer. But Jesus is demanding consistent prayers. Consistently. So in the year 2021, I want to encourage you to pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray in the evening, pray at all times, pray without season. And I know that as you lift up incense to God, God will respond, heaven will respond. God told Cornelius that your prayers have come up unto me, your prayers. So I really want to encourage you in the year 2020, pray for our family, let's pray for our friends, let's pray for our relatives. Let's pray for people in authority. Let's pray for all that concerns us. Let's pray for our marriages, our families, our children, everything. Let's pray. So as we were doing one of our prayer topics, one of them was about love. We gave the hints that we'll be looking at this subject of love into details. And all too soon, God has permitted us to do a further study into love. So we would like to invite Ben <laughs> to take us through an expose on love. So Ben. Okay, um, thank you very much um, for this opportunity. I pray that tonight the Lord will speak to us and we will receive it meekness, the engrafted word of God that is able to save us. Yeah, so today we have a very wonderful topic that we are going to discuss and it's very interesting. A lot of people have their own thoughts on it. A lot of people think they are experts in it and it's quite fascinating. Tonight, we want to look at what the Word of God actually says about this subject. And it's very, very important that we always get to know and then understand what the Word of God says concerning our lives. Because the Bible contains or is a compendium of the summaries of the life of those of us who have gone ahead of us. And it also gives us direction. Just as the Bible said in Romans that the things that were written at full time were written for our learning so that we through patience and comfort might have. So today our topic that we are going to discuss is the subject of love, even as we are in this month of love, that's February. And it's quite fascinating as Christians and it's a very, very important subject. And as I said, we all have uh, notions and then our thoughts on the subjects. Most of us think that we know a lot about it, but tonight we want to actually dig into the Word of God and see what the Word of God actually says about this interesting topic. 
All right, so when we talk about the word love or the subject love, I know that a lot of things come into our mind and to most of us, love is an emotional word or something. Some of us think love is the goosebumps that you get when you see someone you think you are in love with. Uh, Most of us also think about the butterfly that gets into your stomach when you see your crush and a whole lot of stuff. But then what actually is this subject and what does the word of God say about it? All right, so when we dive into the word of God, the first time we actually see the word love is in the book of Genesis chapter 22 verse 2. And I'm pretty sure that most of us have come across this scripture and I like to read it. All right, so I'll start from the verse 1. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and he said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. I take the verse 2 again. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So it's quite exhilarating that the first time we see the word love being used in the Bible, God was speaking to Abraham about sacrifice. So that should speak some volumes to us about the role that sacrifice plays in what we actually call love. Yeah. So I, I want us to also read some um, definition that I came across. And one was from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And they defined love as a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. A strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. So we are trying to say that it's a kind of affection that you have for a person because the person might be a relative or someone you have a personal tie with. And another definition also talks about the attraction based on sexual desires, admiration, benevolence, and common interests. So this one also talks about sexual desires, having admiration for someone, benevolence, and then someone you have a common interest with. Then another definition also talks about a warm attachment, enthusiasm, devotion, and then admiration. Also, they said love is also brotherly concern. So when you have a brotherly concern about someone, you can also call it love, according to the Mariam Webster Dictionary. And also, we want to look at a definition that Wikipedia also gave that I came across. And Wikipedia um, explained love to be, he said, love encompasses a range of strong and positive emotional and mental states from the most sublime virtue or good habits, the deepest interpersonal affection to the simplest pleasure. So I think these definitions kind of give us an idea of what we are talking about, that's love. But we want to look at what the Bible actually says because we intend to renew our minds by the word of God. As Paul said that we have not come to um, listen to the wisdom of men, but we intend to glean from the wisdom of God that our minds might be transformed. Yeah, because the Bible says to be carnal-minded is death. 
but if we live in the spirit, then we are going in for life. So I want us to move to the book of First Corinthians chapter 13. And I believe most of us are quite familiar with this scripture or this chapter that it talks actually about the subject that we are discussing. All right, so the book of First Corinthians chapter 13. Okay, maybe I'll try and then use other versions so that we get a better understanding of what the scripture is trying to say. So the King James Version says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have no charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have no charity, I am nothing but love. So in this version, the King James Bible used charity in place of love. Um, let's move to um, the verse 4. It says, Okay, verse 3. And do I bestow all my goods to feed the poor? And do I give my body to be bent and have no charity? It profited me nothing. So from verse 1 to verse 3, I was talking about some very good acts that we can do. And in that, we think or it can appease the emotions of men. That when someone sees you doing these acts, if you give your body to be bent, if you give your goods to the poor, like feeding the poor, doing charity works, if you are able to move in the gifts of the spirits, and if you have knowledge in all mysteries, in, in our Christian circles, when you're able to do these things, especially with your ability to move in the giftings, we, we, we believe or we know that, or we think that you are actually mature. But I think when we touch on the subject of spiritual gifts, we got to know that your ability to move in the gifts of the spirits does not make you mature. Yeah. So if you want more on that, you can listen to our series that we did on spiritual gifts. Yeah. So. Paul was saying that you can do all these good and wonderful acts, but if you do not have love, then what you are actually doing is going to be in vain. So then what actually is love? So we want to look at what the Apostle Paul talked about love to us, and that spans from the verse 4 to the verse 8. And it says, Charity suffered long and is kind. Charity envied not. Charity vaunted not itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, and is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. So I want to read from the ISV so that you're able to relate with the English much better. So I'll start from the verse 4. It says, Love is always patient. Love is always kind. Love is never envious or arrogant with pride. Nor is she consighted. And she is never rude. She never thinks just of herself or ever gets annoyed. So in this context that she is talking about love, she never is resentful is never glad with sin. She is always glad to side with truth and pleased that the truth win. She bears up under everything, believes the best in all, 
There is no limit to her hope, and never will she fall. Love never fails. And I want to also read from the Amplified Version, and then we'll do an exegesis on what the Apostle was trying to say. Okay, I'm reading from the verse 4. It says, Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Believes all things, looking for the best in each. Hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. Endures all things without weakening. Love never fails, it never fades nor ends. Amen. So, when we look at what the Word of God is trying to say, when we want to define the subject love, the Apostle gave us this very wonderful exegesis. And some people or some school of thought says that um, the definition of love is in the verse 4. That's where it says love endures with patience, or some say love is patient and is kind. Yeah, but I believe that the definition of love spans from the verse 4 to the verse 8. So all the attributes or the features that Apostle talked about in this scripture is what we redefine from scripture as the definition of love. So before you open your mouth to say that you love someone, you love a lady, you love a guy, then your deeds and your acts must be able to conform to what the Bible is saying from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from the verse 4 to the verse 8. So that means if you love someone, then you have to be patient with the person. As the Bible said, I love is patient or endures with patience. Then you have to be kind about the person. You have to be thoughtful. You don't have to be jealous. So all the attributes that is being listed from the verse 4 to the verse number 8 is what we define from scripture as love. So it's very, very important that we get to understand these things. And in our subsequent series or discussions, we look at the types of love because of the expanse or love, love is quite a broad subject. And when you say love, as I said, it spans from the verse 4 to the verse 8. So it contains a whole lot of things. And then we have types of love. And I don't want to go ahead and then talk about the types of love yeah but i want to give us an example let's see someone can say that i love football i love football and maybe even the person might not be a footballer maybe the person might be just a fan who sits back and then watch football and the person will say i love football and someone too can also say maybe some can say to babsy that i love babsy the person who says he loves football is that kind of love is quite different from maybe a guy saying to a lady that I love her. So we have different types of love and then we'll try and then look at the different types of love in our subsequent series. So I just want us to take note of the definition of love that in the context of scripture, when we talk about love, 
it's supposed to fulfill or is supposed to have the attributes that the apostle listed from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4 to the verse number 8. So it's supposed to be kind, supposed to be patient, thoughtful, it's not supposed to be arrogant, it's not supposed to take into account things that have been done against him or her and everything in that chapter. Yeah. So then I want us to move on to um, the origin of love. And before we move on to that, I give us some very wonderful definitions from Wikipedia and then the Mariamarista. And I made us understand that those are the wisdom of men and we've not come to glean from the wisdom of men. But we've come to sit under the feet of the master and then look at or listen to what the word of God has to say for us. So the origin of love, we want to ask ourselves that where does love come from? Is love coming from your mother? Is love coming from your crush? Is love coming from, did it come from your boyfriend? Or where did it actually come from? We want to look into the very beginnings of love. So I want us to read from the book of James chapter 1 verse 17. Even though we know First Corinthians chapter 13 to be very chapter that talks about love it's not the only place that we are going to get everything about love the bible has the concept of love woven into its pages and then you have to be a very staunch student to actually get to know where and where to find the concept of love as paul told timothy in first timothy chapter 5 verse 17 he said that let the elders who rule well be counted of double honor, especially those who labor in word and doctrine. Yeah, so it's not very easy to um, grasp certain concepts from the Bible. You actually have to labor in order to get the understanding from them. Yeah, so I want us to read from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17. And this scripture is also quite familiar with a lot of us if you are actually a student of the word. Alright, so the Bible says, or James chapter 1 verse 17, the Amplified Version says that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. Okay, I want to read from the King James. It looks like the Amplified is quite equivocal. Yeah, so uh, King James says that every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variation, neither shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So in the first place, I want to ask yourself that, is love a good gift? Or when you look at the concept of love, let's say even out of scripture, you know love to be something very interesting, it's very good. And the Bible is telling us that if what or the subject that you are dealing with is something good and perfect, then we'd have to trace its source from the Father. And it says that in whom there is no variableness, and that is there any shadow of turning. So when you look around in this world, anything that you see that has some level of perfection and anything that you see goodness inside, the Bible makes us understand that they all find their source, they all find their origin from 
the Father who is in heaven. Every good and perfect gift from above. So when you look at the creation, when you look at the galaxies, when you look at the stars, when you look at everything in this world, when you read um, Romans chapter 1 verse 20, Bible says that for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So he's trying to tell us that the creation of God, looking at the level of perfection, they are without excuse. Like, you can't live in this world and look at the perfection of this creation and not see that this creation had a very powerful creator behind it. It is just mind-boggling because everything that we see in this world has an inventor. As we know, our TVs, our smartphones, they just didn't come into play. Someone had to sit down and then design them and then make them. So it's the same way that this creation, looking at its magnificence, looking at how gorgeous everything has been laid, and even looking at the order that the creation and the systems of the world follow. Nobody has to command the day to come. The day just comes on its own. Nobody has to command the night. The night just follows. The sun shines on us, the rains fall, and the system is so in perfect order. And James is trying to tell us that if you see anything that is good, and anything that is perfect, then it is definitely not coming from anybody. And it is coming from the Father who is in heaven. I also want to ask to read from the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, and then read from the verse 16 as well. So looking at love, we know that love is, or it has these good attributes and that level of perfection. So we can trace its source from the Father. So love is not found, or love does not originate from your mother, even though the Bible says in Isaiah that can a woman's tender case is from the child she bears. We all know the love that exists between a mother and then the child that she gives birth. Yeah, so love is, or it doesn't have its origin from a mother or from a father or from whatever, maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend, but, but looking at the perfection and the good attributes of love, love actually stems from the father of lights. So let's move from there. Let's move to the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible also says in the scripture that he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So we have two statements here. The first one says, he that loveth not knoweth not God. So he's trying to say that if you don't love, then that means you don't know God. So we'll come back to this part of the statement. The second one says that for God is love. For God is love. So he's trying to tell us that we can relate or one of the attributes that God has or possesses is his loving nature. He says God is love. So when you take love, you can equate it to God or not just equate it. That would be an understatement. Love is actually one of the characteristics of God or the attributes of God. As we can see that God is mighty, God is powerful, God is omnipotent. Yeah. So the same way we can put love into that concept that God is love. So we've seen in the first scripture from James that every good and perfect gift is from above. So we are trying to get to understand that the origin of love is from the Father. Origin of love is from the Father. So love didn't just come into existence. Love actually came from 
our heavenly father and then this scripture is also trying to tell us that god is love and i believe the other time someone was trying to tell us that there's a difference between um, these statements that god is love and then love is god the two are not the same and we will look into that matter very soon so the next scripture i want us to dive into so that we actually see the origin of love is galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and this scripture is also quite familiar it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faithful meekness temperance against such there is no law it says but the fruit of the spirit is love and if you've studied or listened to maybe a sermon on the fruit of the spirit you get to know that we are able to bear the fruit of the spirit as christians because we have the holy spirit in us and there is no way you can bear the fruit of the spirit if you are an unbeliever and if you do not have the holy spirit in you as a matter of fact so paul is trying to tell us in this scripture that the fruit of the spirit is love so if the fruit of the spirit is love then that means that or we know that a tree bears a fruit or trees bear fruit so from the mango tree we can get mangoes from the apple tree we get apple so without the apple tree we are not going to get the fruit up so in the same way or in the same vein without the spirit we cannot get the fruit of the spirits without the spirit we are not going to get the fruit of the spirit and the scripture is saying that but the fruit of the spirit is love so he's trying to tell us the origin of love that love stems from the holy spirit who is able or enables us to bear the fruits love stems from the holy spirit who enables us or gives us the ability to bear the fruit and that fruit is love and i believe maybe one day we'll do a series on the fruit of the spirit it means the fruit of the spirits ah love joy yeah so we have love and out of love we can get joy we can get peace long suffering and i believe one one day we'll take that series and look into it Okay so we looked at um the two scriptures that talked about the origin of love first of all that's the scripture in James chapter 1 verse 17 and then first John chapter 4 verse 8 and then those we looked at Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 scripture I want us to look at is in the book of John chapter 15 verse 1 to 5 So if you look at or you look at the trend of the scriptures that we've studied from James chapter 1 verse 17 and then first John it talked about love that comes from the father that's God the father and then you look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and then Romans chapter 5 verse 5 it talks about love that stems from the holy spirit so i want us to look at scripture in John chapter 15 verse 1 to 5 i read it is i am the true vine and my father is the husbandman every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it he a clean through the word which i have spoken unto you abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself 
except it abide in the vine. No more can he except he abide in me. I am the vine, he are the branches. He hath abided in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. If a branch has to make fruit, it's supposed to remain in the vine or the stem. But there's no way that you would see a branch that has been cut off and then you see that branch sprouting with flowers and then eventually making fruits. So it's the same that without can only bear fruits, only when we abide in Him. So we know in the previous scripture that the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit is love, and that that love stems from, or that love comes from the Holy Spirit. And in this scripture, Jesus Christ is trying to tell us that if we want to bear those fruits that the Spirit enables us to bear, then we have to remain in Him, that's He being the true vine. So looking at these scriptures that we've gone through, we see that each member of the Godhead has a role to play in the God kind of love. Thus, as a Christian, ability to exhibit or manifest the love of God um, stems from how we are connected to the Trinity or the Godhead. So we know that the Father supplies that love out and then in order to manifest that love, you have to remain in the vine that is Jesus Christ, enablement or the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So it's very, very important that we get to know that the totality of our love or love has its origin from the Trinity that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I believe maybe another time we look at this investing subjects, that's the Trinity. It's not every concept that or everywhere that you find vividly expressed in the scripture. So you know, just understand that love stems from God, that the Trinity would express love. That is why if or as mere human beings in a natural state or as natural men, we cannot express the love that God wants us to express. A whole lot of things that are going on in this world we hear bad news day in and day out. And most of the primary reason that we can, a lot of things that are going on is world God that we do not have. And in a way to us Christians, we can say that we are not playing our roles very well because if we are able to express the love that the Father has for us, a lot of things that are going on in this world will not be seen. Because love has a very important role that it plays this world. I just want to entreat and encourage us that should ask God for the grace to express the love and there are a lot of things that we see and we are not able to express them in detail. Most of us, what is in the Bible that we know, we are not able to express them in our deeds because we do not have the love of God. Yeah, so our deeds, it's not just about saying that we have a lot of other prophets that they love God, they love their fellow neighbors, but in their acts, you can clearly see that there is a distinct dichotomy between what they say and then what they do. So even as I bring this episode to a close, I just want to entreat us that we have to know that love stems from the Trinity and we can only love through the power and then the elements of the Father, even as we abide 
in Jesus Christ. And then we allow the Holy Spirit to share that God is love in our hearts. And if we are able to become extensions of God's love, I believe this world is going to be a better place. So I'd like to pause here and then allow my friends to come in. Thank you very much. God bless you so much. God bless you. Um, Benet, kindly give us your commentary. Benet. Um, I would also like to say that as he said, love is not merely a feeling. In all acts of love that um, we see in the Bible, a lot of times your love requires you to make an effort or your love requires action to be made. And so God did not just love us. Because we were in our sinful state, his love compelled him to do something for us and his love compelled him to give his son Christ to die for us. And so our love compels action in the parable of um, the good Samaritan. The Bible says that when the Samaritan, he saw the wounded man, he had compassion on him. And it wasn't just compassion, but that compassion compelled him to do something for the benefit of the man who was wounded. So our love should not be merely words or shouldn't be merely feelings. Our love should compel an action which should be in the benefit um, of the one we claim to love. Thank you. God bless you so much for your commentary. Well, I would just like to remind us that the message of love is one that is preached by many organizations in the world, both religious and non-religious, both Christian and non-Christian. Everybody's talking about love. But then our message is not just a message of love. Our message is a message of agape. We are talking about a love that stems from God. And I'm sure we've in subsequent discussions. I remember the last time I made mention that God is love. Love is not God. And there's a distinction between these two. Because everybody is preaching about love, but yet still the world is in a state that it finds itself. As many is preaching the message of love, they're not just preaching the message of philanthropists. They're not just preaching the message of charity or donations. They're not just preaching the message of goodwill and generosity. We are preaching the message of the life of God that overflows in us. And an expression of that life of God that is in us is what is called love. So I remember I also said that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And the fruit is simply an overflow of the life of God in us. So it's very important that we appreciate what we are talking about. And as he rightly said that, the Trinity is involved in this love because many times I always like to give this scenario. I like to give this analogy that if you go to Europe or if you go to the Western world, they have held on to the message of Christ, but they have rejected the person of the message. So you see them doing a lot of wonderful things. You see development. You see a certain level of peace in some areas, of course. You see a certain level of progress, a certain level of trying to let everybody enjoy at least the basic necessity in life. But if, if you come to our continent, that's Africa, we have rejected the message and we are accepting the person. So we know all about Jesus, but the message the person is talking about is what we don't accept. So you see people who have associated themselves with Christianity, with Jesus, and yet they are the most selfish, arrogant, unloving people you can ever meet in your world. They are the most braggadocious and everything else that Jesus is not. So I really want us to appreciate the blend of the two. It's not just about the message of love. And only an accurate person is what to confront us 
to live no other life than to owe everybody else but love because Jesus put, has put us in a tight corner where you have no other option than to love. So in a parable, he said that if I forgive you your sins, you have no other option than to forgive other people their sins. And that is why there is no justifiable reason you can ever give God why not to forgive somebody. But as long as God could find it in his heart <laughs> to forgive you, there is no crime somebody can do to you that to be higher than the crime you give to God. So you just want to spend some time in prayer. You just want to ask God, Father, give us a right perspective of love. Because remember in 1 Corinthians 13, love is not just about the acts that you do. The acts of generosity or the acts of religiosity or the act of deep revelation. But there is more to love. And we're just asking God to give us a right perspective, a right appreciation, a right blend of this person of love, of this message of love, that we may see this love of God which surpasses all understanding. Father, we pray that you continue to breathe love this love tells us that this love that Father Paul had and said, I am the born servant of the Lord. Even though he was a free man, it was love that compelled him to subject himself willingly to be a born servant because he had a certain appreciation, a certain perspective and a certain view of this love. And it's until we are able to correct our view of love, we will either just be doing the acts of love without the person of love or we just be holding on to the person of love without the message of love. Father, we pray that you would enlighten our eyes that we may see. We pray that you would open our ears that we may hear. We pray that, Lord, you would open our hearts so that we may perceive in us. And an overflow of this love will give us the energy, the outlet to let this world experience of this love. We pray that you will continually supply energy in the name of our Lord Jesus. It will be nice. You can make it your personal ambition. Maybe Mondays, Wednesdays, and Sundays. You look at your own shadow. But at least three times in a week. Just read it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not that. Love is not that. Just make it your personal ambition. You are believing God as you keep brooding over this identity and this trademark of love. His love that is shared abroad in our hearts will continue to permit our very being. Because until you make that personal decision to walk in love, we will continue to suffer what we are suffering. And we don't change the world by changing the world. <laughs> we change the world by changing ourselves. And I pray that this message will not fall on stony hearts. But I pray that you have a personal ambition that in this year 2021, you would walk in love. God bless you for being around and really appreciate your presence. We are believing God for grace that we are just starting. We have to teach His word, we have to preach His word, we have to share His word. Because it is life to those who have it and it is medicine to our very flesh. Remember to give God your best and make sure that the only thing you owe anybody is love. My soul longs for you. This heart beats for you.